This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with David Niemeyer. The topic today is classical music, and David is host of Sunday Classics, which airs Sundays at 8 o'clock, and Encores on Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Today we're going to cover the entire history of classical music in 15 minutes, and as Jerry Reed would say, we've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. So let's get started. David, how many shows have you done for the radio station? I have num- show number 749 uh, airing this week. <laughs> 749. And those are two-hour shows. Can two-hour we shows. say that uh, classical music has a rich and deep background, I suspect? A, well, a long background. <laughs> goes back to medieval times. Exactly, exactly. So remind us how classical music caught your ear as a youngster in, in the land where people were gravitating toward folk music and rock and roll. Well, I uh, heard a lot of classical music, and... Uh, I had a record set. It was a, a it was a cube, and it had little forty five RPM records in it. It had two cuts on each side. There were ten records, and they were all classical music arrangements. And uh, I still have that thing. And I suspect those were kind of the greatest hits. Do you re- recall any of the titles? I don't recall the titles at, at the moment. I re, I recall the the composers, names like Wagner and of Wag- course yeah. <laughs> Wagner, yeah, and Chopin and yeah. things like that. So the but truly the classics, I suspect. Oh, so yeah. uh, the the top ten, you know, type thing. One thing we've talked about, you and I have talked about before, classical music can be a bit of a challenge in terms of listening. Say you're in your car or in your house, but especially in the car, because the dynamics are quite varied in classical music. Where in pop, pop music, uh, things tend to be compressed, and it's all at the same level. Exactly. In pop music, they engineer it so that it has a very level sound from beginning to end, and it's never louder or softer. It's just straight across. Whereas in classical you can have soft pianissimos, and if you're leaning in, and then suddenly you get blasted with a fortissimo. You can have a whole symphony there and start with a real soft one instrument, a piano, and then everything everything comes in. So uh, Yeah, this week, for instance, we have a piece that starts with a bass drum roll, which is triple pianissimo, and for two bars. So you don't even know anything's playing unless you have a good headset on. Now, this might be a tough question, but what are two or three of your favorite pieces of all time? Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) Well, I kind of favor the Shostakovich Fifth. I don't know why, but I keep coming back to that. And the Mozart Symphony Number 41, the Tchaikovsky Symphony Number 6, Okay, and so on. So what would you consider a few recordings that are critical to any serious classical album collection? (laughs) That's hard to say because it's such a broad subject. There are music magazines that produce an article each month of something to add to your collection. Mm -hmm. And uh, with the four or five magazines out there each doing that, uh, 
and they've been doing it for years and years, and they still keep coming up with, quote, new things to add to your collection. <laughs> it's a very broad subject. I know that's kind of an unfair question. Uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about the various types of classical music. There, there are various eras, if you will. Uh, right. You mentioned uh, back in the, uh, it goes back a thousand years. It goes back to church music, um, uh, plain go- chant. It goes uh, back 2,000 years almost. <laughs> so you have that piece, and then you, uh, you move to, say, the Baroque, and then the classical period, uh, right. the hey. uh, Romantic eras. Divide those up, or tell us a little bit about the differences of those various eras. Well, first of all, <clears throat> those are just labels that people made after the fact. So there's no such thing as like, okay, this is the Romantic era. It starts on the dime at, you know, on this date and ends on that date. They all evolved. So, I mean, you go back to the earliest medieval times and it was mostly voice. Mm-hmm. And if there were, were any instruments, they were mostly, you know, uh, things like recorders or, or things you bang on. And over time, the voice evolved. You know, you, instead of a single voice, monophonic, you started to hearing two voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you would hear an open fifth. And, you know, those were in the uh, Gregorian times, for instance. And slowly people started experimenting and you started to get more and more voices in counterpoint. And so that segued into the Renaissance era, and you started hearing more instruments, mostly simple stringed instruments and simple wind instruments. And that evolved into the Baroque era, where it was more and more complicated, the music, a lot of counterpoint. And then enough. It's just like, you know, back in the rock and roll days, that was sort of a, that came about after jazz got too complicated for people and they wanted something simple. And there you go, Buddy Holly (laughs) (laughs) and things like that. So it's the same thing. You know, the Baroque era got too complicated. So along came the classical era, which was way simpler and different in structure. And as the years went on, technology improved. If you want to play a a trumpet with no vowels, you're limited to a a strict series of notes. But if you put vowels on it, you have no limitation. And so that started happening to all the wind instruments. They started putting vowels and things like that on them. So the music was able to get more complicated. And uh, especially like keyboard instruments. One of the interesting transitions, I think, was when things moved from the harpsichord to the uh, the piano, or right? The pianoforte. Or, yeah. Uh, In fact, on this this coming week's show, I discuss that. I play a piece on a forte piano. Well, I don't play it. I have someone else play it. But <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> anyway, uh, but you you've you played the piano pretty seriously in the past, isn't it? Oh yeah, right? yeah. And and so. You know, the forte piano was really a harpsichord, mm-hmm. but instead of plucking the strings, it's hitting it with hammers, you know, and you can control it with your fingers. And there are various differences. The harpsichord, there's no, when you hit a, hit a note, it's the same uh, intensity right. each time. The there piano, are no dynamics. The piano has a lot more dynamics, so that, exactly. that changes the whole thing too. Right, so. but the early piano fortes were still 
small instruments and you still had to lean in to hear them. But as time moved on, they started changing it from like a wood structure to a, a steel structure mm-hmm. or, or cast iron. And then you could have longer and longer strings and higher and higher tensions and, and bigger and bigger soundboards. And, and so that early piano forte is nothing like today's concert grand. Let me ask you about concerts that you've seen. When I think of think back of my experience here in concerts, a couple of things come to mind. Uh, hearing Andre Segovia in a big hall was oh. was very cool. Um, I grew up in Cleveland, so uh, as a as a kid, we used to go see George Sell and the Cleveland Symphony oh, Orchestra, great who, orchestra, who was uh, you know very well known at the at the time. How about you? Uh, memorable concerts you've been to? Well, same thing except in Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, there was a young upstart named Zubin Mehta, mm-hmm. who was the conductor during my days, and so I got to hear the the great Los Angeles Symphony. And during the days when he was doing all the Richard Strauss tone poems and and things like that, getting into Mahler and wow. That's got to be a heart of uh, music, uh, L.A. You know, just yeah. a lot of a lot of things going on. But oh. I will say that in the seventies, I heard the uh, Cleveland Symphony because oh, they okay. came to uh, California, mm-hmm. and I, Aldo Chicado was conducting, and I heard the what was it, the Bruckner Third, and uh, so that was exciting. How about you? You mentioned Shostakovich as Shostakovich, uh, w- yeah, one one of your favorites. A few other. Composers that you count among your favorites? I guess I have favorites from, from each era. The Palestrina in the Renaissance era, for instance, mm-hmm. and in the Baroque era, of course, Bach mm-hmm. and, and Telemann and uh, Vivaldi. And uh, all these people, by the way, who uh, were famous in their day, faded into obscurity and then have made comebacks over time. And in the classical era, of course, Mozart and uh, Hummel, I would think. And then in the Romantic era, it starts with Beethoven, the Titan. Mm-hmm. And, and from there, it just broadens up, broadens up so much that it's hard to make a choice. I listen mm-hmm. to them all. And you get to the modern era where, where things got maybe sort of dissonant. Just It was taken. Oh. And, and when, you think, when you think of the modern era, that's a long time in the past now. <laughs> yeah, way in the past. You're talking about uh, in the early, like, uh, 1900s, you know, around the turn of the century, you had people like Scherenberg and Berg who were messing around with tone rows, and it sort of became what you had to do. In order to be a composer, a serious composer, you had to experiment with all that stuff. And it wasn't long before people said, enough. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it hurts my ears. It doesn't make sense. Uh, Schoenberg is yes. like the type section of that, I would think. Or uh, Schoenberg's a good example because he was the super romantic. I mean, his stuff was lush. And all of a sudden he says, okay, I'm done with that. I'm going to do tone rows now. And, and it's like, huh? <laughs> and well remembered. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, if you could be transported back into any time period for to sample firsthand the music of the time where would you target uh it's it's not so much when where well when you say where 
uh, I'd want to be in a, a big center like like Vienna or Paris or something like mm-hmm. that. And what what era? I would think the late Romantic era is where things really blossomed, because you know most of the modern int- instruments we use today uh, had been developed by that time, mm-hmm. and uh, including the saxophone, by the way. Okay. And and it was being used in classical music and. They, they still couldn't record sound yet at that time, but they could travel. Ah, good point. And, and so the big musical center, oh, and London, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, London has like five major symphony orchestras even today, plus all those gazillions of orchestras around the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. and they're all amazing today. Now, if someone out there in Radioland wanted to dip their toes into the waters of classical music, where would be a good place to start, aside from your show, which is a great sampler on, on things. But if, if they were going to go out and, I don't know, buy a few CDs or, uh, or find, you know, figure out a different way, what would you suggest? Well, first of all, I wouldn't recommend buying CDs or anything else. There's a thing called YouTube. <laughs> and there's the internet, so you can look and see what, you know, the top 10 or whatever, and you can go on YouTube and listen to all of them. Mm-hmm. Kind of figure out what you like and uh, go from there. Right, and there's and there's all the streaming services today where you can uh, pull in anything you want. And there's also, with YouTube, of course, you can see some classic performances. Uh, Absolutely. From, from history. You can go out and see... Glenn Gould or, uh, you know. Exactly. Uh, and in many cases, it, it was recorded not as an audio recording, but a video recording. Exactly. And, and you can watch those guys play. There's some great stuff out there. Now, uh, you're part of a group called uh, In Concert, as right. people know. Uh, you bring classical music to the Valley. You have your next season lined up, I know. Well, we've already had the first concert. It was a couple weeks ago. And that was an interesting trio. It was, it was a guitar and a cello and a flute. That is a very strange combination. The next concert will be uh, a dual piano, which will, by the way, will be playing on on a Yamaha Avant Grand, which is sort of a concert grand, but not really. Okay. It's it has a has you know a mechanical keyboard, you know, a regular grand piano keyboard, but. Everything else is electronic, and it's an awesome instrument. Mm-hmm. You've had some great concerts here. I remember Evan Drachman, the, the cellist uh, here. That was that was a, a standout. Uh, That's right. Any any favorite concerts well, that you've you hosted? Mentioned Drachman, but his accompanist 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 also came back and played Scott Joplin for us a couple of years ago. That could have been my favorite concert that you've had. Yes. We're already running out of time. Uh, any Anything else people should know about your upcoming shows? Well, they're just going to keep coming and they're going to keep being varied. This week, for instance, we're playing a tuba concerto, you know. <laughs> and in the past, we played some really interesting things like, like a Jew's harp concerto and <laughs> all kinds of interesting things. I, I don't let it get stale. I recommend to folks to tune into Sunday Classics, 8 o'clock on Sunday evening, uh, re- repeated or encored on Wednesday at uh, the same time framework. David's always got an interesting take on things, and you do a quite a varied show. You go over here, and then you go over there, 
during the course of two hours. Exactly, because I have 2,000 years worth of music to cover. I try not to stay in any one place. Exactly. David, thanks for stopping by today. Well, thanks for asking me in. We've been visiting with David Niemeyer, host of Sunday Classics, that airs 8 o'clock on Sunday evenings right here on KLZR. My name's Gary. We'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 